All right, so I needed a break. We got one. We're back. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hall, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, this one might be a quick one because, you know what, Weird. I just don't weirdly have a lot of opinions on what happened in the game. We'll talk a little basketball at the end, uh, but we'll spend the first two segments talking about Michigan-Ohio State. First, the game itself, then what needs to happen, I guess, from here, because that's, I mean, I guess what has to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, when you look at this game, the way it went, played out, really things just devolved. Michigan had to play perfectly, and they didn't. And not only did they play perfectly, they shot themselves in the foot. And you can't do that against, like I said, over and over again, a better team. I said I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan got blown out in that game. And that's what happened. And it's uh, what the thing is, is you just you have to play perfectly. And what happened was a five minute or so stretch in real time when everything fell apart. Michigan was answering. Ohio State's offense with offense. I thought they were making Ohio State's secondary look rather pedestrian. And the fumble. Well, first, okay, actually, before the fumble, I'm not, now I don't want to point fingers at, at guys, I understand. But you had a missed, uh, not a missed block, and a block that didn't hold on Michael Unwinu that would have sprung Shea Patterson for a touchdown. Instead, he gets tackled for a loss. Next play, fumble. Ohio State ball. Michigan stops him on defense, forces a punt. And Khalil Hudson offsides. Ohio State finishes the drive, scores. Goes up 28-13. to 13, Instead of it being 21-13. to 13. Then... You're Donovan Peoples-Jones. you got to catch that ball. You just do. It was an abysmal day for the Michigan receivers. I thought it was an excellent day for Shea Patterson. I thought it was un an unbelievable day for Shea Patterson. And I know there's people out there listening that are Shea haters that are going to sit there and say it wasn't. Shea put the ball where he needed to put the ball about 90% of the time. And his receivers just didn't come down with it. It was a terrible showing, especially in the third quarter. It was a lack of focus by Michigan. And then Michigan gets it to within two scores, and the defense can't come anywhere close to stopping the Ohio State offense. Now, let this be said, and this is important, because I've said it over and over and over again all season long. In my opinion, Ohio State is the best team in the country. I don't think I don't think that's in question much after this. I mean, yeah, I guess you can question and say, well, maybe, maybe LSU, Clemson hasn't been tested, but I mean, they're reigning champions. What, whatever. Ohio State is a really, really good team. You can't take any of this away from them, but they executed. They were focused. Michigan lost focus at key moments. Fourth and one, if you go back and rewatch the tape, 
the Wildcat. I'm not against it as much as my uh, my writer Brandon Knapp is, but you got to follow your block. You follow your block. It's a touchdown, or at least an extremely long gain. Again, lack of execution. This is what the the players said after the game. We didn't execute. I think that's actually pretty accurate. Usually, I find that to be just a blanket excuse. But they had plays there to be made, and they didn't make them offensively. Defensively, I don't know what. I don't know what that was. I don't care how good a team is. If you're the Michigan defense, you should be able to hold Ohio State to 42, okay? Like, I'll I'll give them 42. Because you know what? Sometimes you get in a game with a really good offense, you're not going to stop a really good offense. Your your best deal is to stall it. But, I mean, come on. 56 points. You got to be able to figure something out. That was my biggest concern going into the game was, despite all my questions being about Chase Young, to Jim Harbaugh, to Shea Patterson, that was one of the, the big things, but I didn't know how they were going to stop that offense, and clearly they didn't either. For all the people who say that Don Brown didn't adjust, he did. He adjusted quite a bit. Guess what? None of it worked. I almost wonder if he would have if they would have been better off doing what they normally do, or used to do at least. Aggressive blitzing, man coverage. Take your chances. Instead, they played loads and loads of zone. They didn't blitz nearly as much. They weren't nearly as aggressive, and Ohio State took advantage of all of it. They just wanted to keep Ohio State in front of them, and that did not work at all. Pretty clear that they had some stuff planned, at least on the offensive side, and that worked until the game got to the point where it was out of hand. And Michigan was obviously one-dimensional because you have to be when you're down multiple scores. Uh, I think you've got something in uh, the Gaddis offense. But, man, those receivers, I again, I don't want to point fingers. That's not the type of thing I like to do. But those receivers had a terrible, terrible day. I mean, it was not pretty at all. Uh, I don't know what their draft stock will be after that. I mean, it doesn't necessarily die after one game. But it certainly cannot help. Not good. That is all I'm going to do on the recap. And then we are going to go into discussing where you go from here. All that kind of stuff. Um, because there's a, there's a lot now. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two audio Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. Listening on the go. If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers on locked from Locked On Sponsors uh, at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, so where do you go from here if you're Michigan? 
Um, I'm not in the business of calling for anyone's jobs. But at the same time, if you're Michigan, you got to look long and hard at what your defense is doing. Because it's great that you can shut down a lot of teams. It was great when they shut down teams during the gauntlet. I'm not going to sit there and pretend like others do that you know, they've, they've never shut down a top offense when they faced them. They they did a really good job shutting down a decent Wisconsin uh, uh, offense last year and a really good Penn State offense with Trace McSorley two games later. Herculean efforts against uh, Michigan State both last year and this year. The defense really shored itself up ha- halfway through the Penn State game this year, which did not allow for a win, but is what it is. You've got to figure something out. Because what happened cannot happen. And the problem is, is now you're going to go into this next year with the same amount of trepidation. And I hate that because the season's defined by Ohio State, and I the way I kind of look at it now, and maybe it's accepting defeat, but I think that that's probably, I know Michael Spath had a similar topic yesterday on his show, but to me, I think you kind of have to until something changes. Because Ohio State is otherworldly and Michigan isn't. Maybe you cobble something together, but there's still work to be done. Because here's the deal. You can sit there and say, Harbaugh's in year five. How has he not done it? Guess what? Ohio State is better now than it was when it won a national championship in 2014. So it it isn't like everything remains static. Like Ohio State stayed where they were in 2014. And Michigan had the opportunity to get better. That's not the case. Ohio State, despite having not made the playoff, since 2016 this team is I think the 2016 team was probably better than the 2014 team that won it all and I think that this even though the 2016 team got shut out in the playoffs and I think that this 2019 team is their best ever and it probably will continue to be among the best ever next year because Justin Fields comes back. J.K. Dobbins is probably gone. Chase Young is gone. You lose some other guys. My guy, Jordan Fuller. Um, Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor. Those guys are gone, I believe. Austin Mack might have a red shirt, so not 100 on that. Chris Olave is still going to be there. They got a lot of pieces. Michigan needs offensive consistency, and it's going to have that in Josh Gaddis. And I don't know what you do with the defense. I just don't know. You just got to find a way to figure it out. For now, you've got to regroup and you got to win a bowl game because you got to stop the hemorrhaging. This is one one thing that Michigan can change to show some progress going into an offseason. And it's going to require a lot of an attitude adjustment because that is the difference between some of the past teams and what this should be. Because 
2015, they were super happy to take on and beat a Florida team. Florida didn't care to be there, but whatever. 2016, Michigan didn't care to be there, but Florida State wanted to show that they belonged. 2017, Michigan sure as heck did not want to be there playing South Carolina. Should have won that game, 19-point lead in the third quarter. Come on. Driving the ball. Last year, definitely didn't want to be there. Didn't have a lot of the key components uh, that made the defense good. No, no, Ch- you know, they had Chase Winovich, but no Devin Bush, no Rashawn Gary. Offensively, no uh, Karan Higdon. No Jawan Bushel Beatty. There's just, there was a lot. That's why I didn't, I didn't make a game prediction last year because I did not know what was going to be. Now you're looking at either a Citrus Bowl or a Holiday Bowl. Probably. Selfishly, I want to go to the Citrus Bowl. San Diego might be my favorite uh, city in the United States that I've been to. But kind of kind of want to go to Disney. That's just a little... <laughs> it's Disney Plus is me watching the Imagineering documentary. I know I can go to San Diego and go up to Disneyland, but whatever. It's... um. There's there's other reasons why why I prefer to go to Orlando over San Diego, but uh, part of it obviously New Year's Day instead of December 27th. Rather play an SEC team, rather play like Auburn than play USC. Oh, there's a lot of reasons, but uh, whatever it is, whoever it is, Michigan should be. I'm not going to say favored because Auburn's a really good team. Now I think it's a false equivalency, by the way. I've seen some Ohio State writers, one particularly actually, not I'm not going to make a blanket statement, say that, uh, hey, look, Auburn rises up and beats Alabama. Come on, Alabama didn't have, they had Matt Jones starting. They had a defense that hasn't been very good this year, and they ha- didn't have Tua Tagovailoa. Come on. And it was still a shootout and a missed field goal away from overtime. But what, you know, who am I? Michigan's got to go forward. They've got to win their bowl game. They really just do. Whatever it ends up being. We'll see if there's any teeth to the rumors, if you've heard them, about uh, Al Washington being considered for the Boston College job. And it would be a package deal with Don Brown coming in as defensive coordinator. Michigan's not going to fire Don Brown. I can tell you that. But they're just not going to. Regardless if you think they should or not. That's just not how Jim Harbaugh operates. But they may be encouraged to take something like that if it becomes available. We'll see if it does. Because it'll be interesting. 118 points in two games to Ohio State. I mean... Sheesh. I have zero defense for that. Zero. All right. Let's talk some Michigan basketball. We gotta, gotta let's get let's actually be happy about something. So we're gonna do that here in a moment. Remember, if you want to be uh have your company mentioned right here on this podcast, that can happen. Reach an upscale male audience. Just email me at iholeusatoday.com to get more details about increasing your business.
Guess what, folks? All of those podcasts I accidentally deleted are back. You can go backwards again. Listen to what I had to say about the game before it happened. If you want to go back to some happier times, you can go all the way back to the beginning. Hear my uh, interview with Daxton Hill that we published literally the day that he committed to Michigan. Uh, it's all there for you. Locked on uh, podcast. So it's uh, you can find that on obviously Apple and iTunes and all that stuff. But it's uh, it's all back. Thankfully, the national nightmare has ended. And I shouldn't say national is probably hyper regional nightmare has ended. But um, that's not even true. We got international listeners, which is always interesting. Uh, anyway, Michigan basketball, though, is carrying the torch. I feel like that's why people maybe aren't quite as depressed as they could or would be. Because the Wolverines basketball program took down two top 10 programs in a row Thursday and Friday, North Carolina and Gonzaga. And uh, yeah, I mean, getting ranked number four, I do think that is a little low considering how some other people looked at it. Jeff Goodman and Seth Davis both had Michigan as number one in their introspective polls, but uh, had a couple people rank Michigan beneath the teams they just beat, which makes zero sense, but okay. Uh, whatever. But you know what I love is the thing that I was just kind of focused on, uh, oh, earlier this morning when I was just hanging out, watching TV, getting a little on R and R after I went to the uh, issues concert last night is, um, I'm sitting there looking at the picture of the team after, you know, holding the trophy after they won the battle for Atlantis tournament and front and center trophy over his head screaming is Juwan Howard. He looked like he was one of the players. And it's funny because he said at the press conference yesterday, he's like, let's not talk about me and my playing career. I'm old news. No one cares about that. But in a way, I think like that's not true because I think that these guys look at his youthfulness and listen, I'm, I'm becoming quickly becoming an old guy, but I'm not quite one yet. I was a kid when the fab five won the, uh, or, you know, got to the final four and won, won their first round and went, you know, lost in the successive championship games. I was pretty young. I mean, not like five, but I was like 10, 11 years old. And, uh, those guys resonate with me. This is like a complete humble brag, but like I've I've come to to know Chris Weber a little bit in over the course of the last year plus. And like when I saw Chris Weber on the sidelines before the Ohio State game, it's like that's royalty, you know? Like there's no no one that I there was no team that I revered more than the Fab Five. There was no player that I revered more than Chris Weber in my youth. So I, I do, I mean, I know I'm older. I'm, I'm twice the age of the guys they're recruiting at this point, but it still has gravitas, right? By the way, huge deal for Michigan. If you saw the Umich athletics tweeted out a picture of Chris Weber, that's the first they've done anything like that. Really cool. Um, but, 
it kind of feels like, you know, one of the things that John Teske said yesterday when we, when we talked to him, you know, in a press conference is, yeah, we are playing a little bit more loose than we were because we are kind of performing in the image of our head coach. We're having fun. It's not to say that Beeline isn't fun, but yeah, this is a different kind of fun. And you see that Juwan after they they won when they were getting presented the uh, not not the trophy but like you know the little ceremony after the uh, battle for Atlantis he's doing the cabbage patch in front of him and everything it's like it, that's one of the things that Juwan said in his introductory press conference which I thought was silly at the time but now you can see why it works he's like you know what we got to have some fun we're gonna have some fun like what what's your scheme we're gonna have fun <laughs> all right. I guess that works. It seems to be working, obviously. I mean, we'll see a little bit more. Michigan faces yet another number one team. The two major sports, number one team, two weeks in a row. But this one's different. Louisville, Louisville, whatever you want to say. They're not world beaters. There's not. They don't have the resume Michigan already has. But it is a true road test. You go on the road to the KFC Yum Center and see how you can abide. Win or lose, I think Michigan has already established itself as a current good team, top 10 type team in the country. We'll see if it holds, because remember how last year played out. They were on the verge of getting a number one ranking, and then they lost at Wisconsin. Could be similar, but... These guys are playing with a lot of confidence. You have a lot of returning production. Guys who have been there, who have done that. Juwan's quick to point out four. We've got four guys who have been there. But listen, they had guys that were on the team last year that were part of the the longest streak of wins to start the season. They know what it takes, even if they weren't key cogs in it yet. You see guys like Eli Brooks and David DeJulius elevating their game. That bodes extremely well for Michigan for now and going forward. So we'll see what happens. Um, that's all I got. No, it's a little short. I need to continue getting a little R&R. We really uh, worked myself to the bone last week. So it will continue to be probably of this variety for the rest of the week, but tomorrow we'll, we'll talk about the Michigan Louisville game and uh, how that went and uh, where the Wolverines basketball team is going from there. And if there was any football news that breaks as well, we'll talk about that. So for the lockdown Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah hole. You can find me online at Isaiah hole, find the podcast at on Wolverines, Wolverines wire, Wolverines wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, email me at I hole at USA today.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google stitcher, Himalaya, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.